We ready to roll? Let's get this show on the road. This is the Marty Ray Project Chats, and I'm Marty Ray, one of the hosts of this podcast. You might know me from a beard video, a prank call, a rap song turned acoustic cover, or hopefully one of my original albums. And I'm Chris Wallen. You might know me from... Where would they know me from again? You might know Chris from number one hit songs like Don't Blink by Kenny Chesney and Something to Be Proud of by Montgomery Gentry. Whether you know either one of us or not, I bet you're going to have fun here. Welcome to the project. Download, subscribe, and rate, whether you love it or not. Sound supplied by Roadcaster Pro. She was a powerful voice of the 15th season of the hit TV show The Voice where she sang on Adam Levine's team. I think that's how you say his name. I don't really know that guy that well. Her dad was, maybe still is, a one-man band that traveled the country playing music. She now has a band called The Night Owls, and rock in the truest sense of the word is what she does. Welcome to the show, Natalie Brady. Thank you for being here. Welcome. Thank you for having me. So we start every episode with a fast five. We ask you five quick questions and we ask for five quick answers. Oh boy. Okay. They're never quick though. Okay. Yeah. So if they're not quick, don't no pressure. Okay. Um, first question. What's the best compliment you've ever gotten? That I look happy. Huh. Nice. Is it true? Yes. Because you do look happy. Yes, I'm extremely happy. But you happy. really are happy. Yes, That's finally. good. For once in my life, all around happy, yes. For once in my life. Okay. Yeah. What would be the worst thing for the government to make illegal? Marijuana. That's the worst thing you can think of? <laughs> yeah. Not music? Yeah. Well, you, you know, a quick answer. Yeah, but you know, Georgia is trying to make music illegal. What? I didn't know that. Yeah, they're trying to make music. They're trying to tell people they can't sing yeah, during the holidays. Can't sing during the holidays. Yep. Well, I guess I'm getting arrested. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. Me music too. Music definitely would be a, a the number one, or that you know you couldn't have kids. But I have kids and I make music, so. Yeah, marijuana yeah. has been illegal for years. It yeah, just now became legal. So. Well, it's slowly becoming legal. It didn't stop anybody back then, so it wouldn't be the worst thing if it was illegal. I know. Never really stopped anybody. Yeah, <laughs> no, it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> what movie would be better as a musical? Ooh. I think one of my favorites growing up is Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Wow. Mm. Yeah. That's a good movie. <laughs> I just watched that recently again. I just, trying to uh, think of that as a musical. Let's <laughs> <laughs> watch his laugh. That was a horrible version of his laugh. Why don't you take a picture? It'll last longer. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? How does do his laugh go? Can you do his laugh? That's it. That's perfect. Y'all killed it, man. I'm over here sounding like a monkey or something. Um, your favorite fast food? Mm. Tacos. So Taco Bell? Yep. Man, I was Actually, talking. no, it's not Taco Bell. No? My favorite fast <clears throat> Tex-Mex is Taco Bueno. Taco Bueno's where, good. Where I'm from. That's good. That's that's what we how we hold it down. But yeah. Nice. Taco I love Taco Bell, Bueno. Taco Bell will come in. I don't know. think I've ever had Taco Bueno. It's very good. Is it? It's very good. It's Do almost they have like it here close or, or is it a... No, it's a regional thing. So like... You know, northern Texas, oh, Oklahoma. Okay. Okay. And then yeah. the first one you hit, I never miss it, is in Conway, Arkansas, mm-hmm. and 40 going. That's the only reason I tried it, because yeah. it's in Arkansas. Uh, yeah, home. Yeah. When I'm going home to Oklahoma, which I will be next week for Thanksgiving, 
Um, I'm definitely going to hit Conway, Arkansas. And then Brahms. Have you ever been to Brahms? No, what is that? It's a, there's one right when you cross over. I've heard of that. Um, into Oklahoma, but, um, it's our, it's our like local dairy store hmm. and they have the best burgers. They've got food, breakfast stuff. And then they've got hands down the best soft serve ice cream I've ever had. And you got to oh, get I the twist. I love soft serve ice cream. Oh man. And then they have this ice cream called Dreamsicle. We always had it growing up, and it was orange sherbet and vanilla together. Mm, Ooh, I love those. But yeah. I, the sherbets were always the best. Yeah. So Brahms, when it comes to fast ice cream and stuff like that, but definitely Taco Bueno. Tacos. Taco Bueno is like a, a quick version of going into a restaurant and eating. Yeah. To me. And when, yeah. I, when you go oh, in there. Oh, really? Yeah. You, you, it even, <clears throat> it's even served that kind of that way. I've never been through the drive through so I don't know. Yeah. I've always gotten it there. Uh-huh. So anytime, I used to run a wrecker. So anytime I would go take a car to Little Rock, I would go ahead and go to Conway. Oh, yeah. To go to Taco Bueno. Yeah, you don't want to miss that. I love Taco Bueno. So but I love Taco Bell, too. Yeah. I'm not going to knock on Even though I told a story earlier about a Band-Aid in my burrito. So I ain't, I'm, you know, I ain't going to get into that. Did you see they got rid of the Mexican pizza? Like, what's happening? Not just that. It's it's, it's, it's so really many things. It's, it's really making me very angry. I, 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 I are, are they just get, are they? I didn't know that. Are they getting rid of a bunch of stuff? The not getting this gone. Really? Mexican pizza's gone. <clears throat> the uh, shredded chicken burrito's gone, I believe. The Boy, nacho, so nacho Supreme Nacho Belgrande, I think, is gone. Now they got something else in place of it. It's not called Nacho Belgrande. The Fiesta Potatoes, gone. Oh, None. Those were so good. The ones that they used to put in the potato burrito thing? Yes. Gone. Dang. And then the, my favorite thing ever on Taco Bell's menu was a uh, grilled stuffed chicken burrito. Oh, yeah. Where they I took the that, big burrito it. and they, they put Grill the steamer it. on it. It was, anyway, I've, I've been mad since then. They've been breaking my heart ever since. Yeah. If you were arrested with no explanation, what would your friends and family think you went to jail for? Let me guess. Marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that, or probably they'd say I probably hauled off and punched someone in the face, but I'm really not a violent person. But they'd probably be like, yeah, someone probably pissed Natalie off. <laughs> you punch him with a smile. Yeah, for sure. Because you're happy. I'm like, you need some happiness in it's, your yeah, life. Let get me this help happy. You out with that. Yeah, yeah, I like Here's that. Here's a happy knuckle sandwich. Yeah. Bam. You get, yeah. you get Taco the boss. Bell. You get the boss sandwich. <laughs> Let's see that ring again. What is that? Oh, I've got. Uh, is that mood oh, rings? Man, look at them. No, these are wow. all turquoise. Um, ben, can we get a close up from oh, the top camera? Ben. Oh. Or whatever yeah, camera? Where is it? I don't know. Um, I never know what to do with my hands. But uh, no, I have. Uh, here he comes. Actually, something. Oh, here, to, uh, here he comes, he's Natalie. In. Oh, Natalie, yeah. look behind Ooh. you. Here he comes. He's coming down. <laughs> this way. <laughs> there it is for the viewers. See that? You are into the, the turquoise, I see. Oh, definitely. So um, uh, my heritage is Native American. I'm Osage Indian. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been brought up around Native American culture my whole life, being from Oklahoma. And uh, so naturally... You know, I, I've looked more, you know, like, do you ever get into your, like your horoscopes and I'm not really into horoscopes, but like your sign, right, astrological right. sign, mm -hmm. oh, I'm a Capricorn and apparently that's an earth sign and I've never really gotten into it, but certain things people have said to me have, you know, intrigued me about, you know, the whole thing. So I went to look it up. It's like earth sign. And I have found 
that I'm drawn towards natural things like gemstones. Um, when I, I found that when I get sad or I'm like a little, you know, like missing my kids or whatever the situation is, I bring the outdoors in. So I like, I have this tree that my boyfriend helped me build in my, um, a house and it's behind the TV, but I'm like, it's natural branches that I've just brought in. Awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I really love turquoise. Um, and mainly because there's no two that are alike. They're all <clears throat> unique. Right. Um, which coincidentally leads me to, um, something I've been working on. So, um, I'm getting ready to launch a jewelry line. And oh, a boutique. Nice. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I haven't really talked about it much with anybody because it's kind of been like a thing I've been doing on my own time. But um, I have an awesome artist from uh, Cloudcroft, New Mexico. Her name is Kenneth Darling. And uh, we're doing a whole line of lightning bolts, um, which is a lot of significance in my life, you know, being electric and, and bold. Um, and then, uh, I have another artist, Suzanne Taylor, who is the one that made these two, this green one and this one right here. Oh, very cool. And, uh, so I'm working with both of these ladies and Suzanne is also a U.S. Army veteran. So, mm. um, and we all connected on Instagram. It's been so weird. I'm not really a social media person. I try to be really good at it, but, but yeah, the turquoise I'm so in love with and each one, um, is so different. So when we do the line, each one, uh, each stone is so different. It has its own story. So How, pretty cool. Very cool. Are you friends with uh, Waylon Jennings' grandson? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, no, I think it was Struggle. Oh, yes, I know of Struggle. Um, he, he is very is, into turquoise as well. Yeah, and, that's what we're going to ask silver. that. Because he has like just rings everywhere with, with yeah. turquoise on them. So I have seen him a lot lately. Um, so I had linked up with another guy on Instagram. Um, he owns a company called Fat Hat Customs. And he does a lot of stuff yeah. for Yellow Wolf. <laughs> yeah. Did you meet him too? No, I didn't. He's got some great <clears throat> stuff. He works yeah. with our friend uh, DJ Sinister. and mm -hmm. um, But I, I saw him with Struggle a couple weeks ago. I guess he made him a hat. and He does have some really, really awesome uh, some hats. And they're also unique too. I, I really am into like artistry that's super unique and right, yeah. you know the person behind it i want to know more about them and uh music's a lot of that way too so mm -hmm. it's all all creativity yeah i'm a i'm all about art and i'm all about my my, my daughter is an artist mm -hmm. and she paints and she writes and i always tell both of them one of them's a singer one of them writes songs and when she was she wrote her first song when she was i believe like five years old. She was just walking around singing some lyrics. And I said, what is that? Where did you hear that? She goes, I wrote this. Oh. And I said, wow. That's great. It was great. It was actually great for a for a four-year-old child or whatever, however old yeah. she was. I'm horrible at time. But anyway, I support all that. Whatever you do that is makes you a projector, that's what I call it. Anytime you do something out of the norm, but it's a dream of passion, then that's your projector to me. How long have you been singing? Yeah. Oh, gosh, probably about the same as your daughter since I was about four or five. Really? Yeah. Um, you know, you read a little bit about it. <clears throat> Excuse me, but my father is a musician. And, uh, you know, I grew up with him, uh, you know, playing music live and, you know, working on music at home. And, um, you know, I, I'm a daddy's girl. So <laughs> anybody that knows me, they know that, you know, I've always had my dad as my hero as far as my musical hero because he's he sings his ass off and he plays his ass off. I've never seen him pick up an instrument 
that he he can't play. And then I was watching. He actually did this uh, past. Oh, I think it was like maybe three years ago. Um, within the past five years, he did this Legends tour, and he did um, uh, a Merle Haggard act and a Billy Joel act. Wow! Like two totally different acts. But that's the thing is like I grew up with him playing everything from Frank Sinatra to Billy Joel and Elton John to Brooks and Dunn um, and Garth Brooks and, right, and right. you know, Chris Christopherson and, you know, just such a, a vast, you know, array on the horizon of different genres of music. Um, but that also in turn influenced who I've become um, as a, as a vocalist, but um, you know, so I grew up with that and, you know, we had our days cause my mom worked during the day and my dad being a musician, you know, what do we do during the day? We hang out. So we had our things. We, we said when we spent our daytime together was we called it going crazy and we would go to the music store and we go to this, Oh, another place, another fast food. I would never, ever miss. Um, when I go home is Coney Islander and it's this Coney restaurant. We'd go in and get Coney's and root beer and the little famous Amos cookies. Like those are staples in, of my childhood. Um, and we'd just spend the day together, but we'd go around to all the local music stores, um, like Sades Music and Music Sound World. And not that you know where these are, but we'd hit all those local spots and it was just our thing. So, you know, I never had music forced on me. It was just present right? and I had to embrace it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if it weren't for my dad, just walk, you know, letting me walk through those music stores, you know, my, my thing was I would go through the piano section. And I would just poke on all the pianos. <laughs> and back then you could touch everything and not feel bad about it. And I was like four or five. And I think that's why, you know, still today, like um, not many know, but, you know, the piano is my primary instrument when it comes to anything that I play. But it's mainly for pleasure and for writing and, and things like that. Uh, but the first song I ever learned to play was um, Right Here Waiting by Richard Marks. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So, um, but I've, I've actually watched a lot of Richard Marks live streams lately and his posts and stuff. And so he's still at it still to this day. I'm like, I was sitting, um, do you know, Randy Coors? Mm -mm. Uh, yeah. So Randy is my producer and a, a very dear friend. Randy's a good friend of mine oh, too. Oh man. So <clears throat> he, he helped, um, or he did produce my first single, um, love you with the lights on that's out. But when we were over there, we had a couple songs and we, I was like, man, I'd love to do this song with Vince Gill. And he's like, oh yeah, you know, Maybe make maybe make that happen. And I'm like, well, you know, while we're at it, <sighs> you know, how about Richard Marks? Like, could I ever sing with that guy? Like, he makes my soul melt every time I hear him sing or Vince Gill, two of my favorite male vocalists of all time. And uh, so I don't know. I think I have kind of a musical crush on Richard Marks. I think I'm just figuring. Maybe out. you would awesome. leave your maybe you would leave your boyfriend for him. Hell no, <laughs> no way. You sure? Oh, absolutely not. Richard ain't getting you that coffee and stuff. Mm -mm, He's not no. helping you build trees. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so. It ain't happening. I got, I got my, uh, he just wanted me to have a kick-ass day and have fun at the podcast with you guys. And my boyfriend snuck back in after he left this morning and left me flowers and a matcha green tea latte and nice. a hot coffee. Like, I'm a lucky lady. I'm a little uh, Richard lady Marks, a little Richard Marks trivia. Oh, gosh. Um, on his albums. A lot of those songs are him playing piano. Really? That's a good friend of mine, John Hobbs. Ooh, okay, cool. Who's an amazing, I mean, he's a legend in yeah. the uh, session world. And uh, John, 
played a lot of the Richard March stuff and a lot of the Lionel Richie stuff. Oh, cool. I thought you was, I thought this was going to be trivia. Yeah, that was It's a- just my trivia. Oh, I, just, I, I don't care if anybody else knows something. I'm just, I'm just telling you. It's a different kind of trivia, Marty. You know what I'm saying? John Hobbs. John Hobbs. Just he played his piano. I got it. Yeah, that's John good. Hobbs. You win. I, yes. Lionel Richie. Richard Marks. A lot of Richie, John Hobbs, Richard Marks. I got it. It's an FYI, rather. Just a little FYI. Just a little FYI. (laughs) Um, So your family was supportive of your endeavors to want to, because your dad was a one-man band, I read. Yeah, I have the article still. I saved it um, from my mother, and uh, it talks about my dad coming back. I think it was like 1991 or something like that. And he sang and played every instrument. You know, he would have his keyboard set up, have his guitar on, plays trumpet and flugelhorn and flute and sing. All at the same time. Not all at the same time. (laughs) That would be freaking awesome. That's crazy. Not all at the same time. But, you know, I remember him being at home and and he would be up in the, the, we called it the playroom because it was also our playroom, but he had a studio set up in there. And he made all his own sequences and stuff like that. And, you know, then it's just always been such a pleasure to watch my dad sing. And so I'll go to YouTube because he has some stuff on there. And I'm like, you know, I'll go to my search and it's already there. I'm like, boop. And I just watch my dad sing because he's just he's just flawless. He's so good. And, you know, a part of me, I guess, has been on a mission to just, you know, make my dad proud of me. And, you know, with everything from the voice to, you know, just working really hard and, and chasing my dream, I think that, you know, I think he's pretty proud. Speaking of oh, the yeah. voice, <laughs> most people wouldn't be on. Won't be honest when I. I've never had anybody honestly tell me mm-hmm. about the voice, like because yeah. the voice contacted me many times mm-hmm. back in the day. They used to have a. They used to have a seven year, I believe, a seven year contract, like American Idol or whatever the other one is. And uh, so I never. I told him I would go on TV. For sure, mm-hmm. to sing, of course, who wouldn't? Yeah. But I wasn't going to sign any record deal to do it. Mm-hmm. Now, back then, you had to sign the deal just to go on TV, and then they, they chose whether it went into effect. Is that how it was when you went on? Um, <clears throat> the the process for me, because um, they, they reached out to me as well um, for the industry stuff, um, the process in itself was very well-oiled. I mean, from the staff to... The people that are in, you know, with your day-to-day contact and getting you where you need to go. Um, that experience was awesome. Um, the way we were treated was awesome. Um, I think that over the years, maybe they've learned some lessons. Um, and I think that maybe for me, by the time I got on the show, because it was season 15, it was what, uh, 2018, um, they had made some changes. And so... You know, when we went in, you know, we were able to to negotiate. They would break us up into groups and, and we were able to decide for ourselves whether it was right for us. We didn't have to sign anything to get there at that point. But it was a very, you know, step by step process. Um, so for me, that part was OK because I wasn't there to win. I didn't honestly give a shit whether I won or not. I was there for the experience and to do what people have been saying for years that I needed to do. Um, and honestly, that was the second time I had talked with them about it. Cause the first time they called me, I I said, no, cause I wasn't ready. I had other things going on trying to figure out, you know, uh, what was going on with my original band at that point. Um, 
you know, crappy relationships. I'm, I just wasn't ready in my life for it. So I, but I promised my recruiter, Gavin, that I would call when I was ready. And I did. And it was the right time. And I had the most wonderful amount of support from my friends to my band, to my family, to my kids and their father. Um, you know, without that village, it wouldn't have been possible for me to do that. Um, but it wasn't about just the show. It was just about chasing my dream and doing something, you know, that I hadn't done before. Um, would I do it again? No, I, I wouldn't. You know what always bothered me about it? Both of those shows is, and I told them this because I had a conversation with a few of the, you know, whatever you call them, the recruiters. Mm -hmm. or the, they call themselves producers, but really mm -hmm. they're not producing anything besides, I guess, talent. What bothered me the most about it was that they would reach out to people like you and like me mm -hmm. and let ever, all those other people continue to wait in this ma massive cattle call mm -hmm. and just for the, so that people would share it on their social media and market their show. Because it's yeah. a genius marketing. Yeah. And I told him, I said, it's pretty messed because I'm sure you came in for a private audition. I did, but I also did audition with the cattle call in like 2012. I drove from so you Panama did both. City to Atlanta. And in, you know, in a room full of people, there were um, myself and one other young lady. She was from Nashville at the time. I lived in Panama City Beach. And we went in there. I think I sang Etta James. I sang At Last. And she sang some other like Ella Fitzgerald song. Oh, she sang Summertime. And it, we both had so much soul. And in that whole room, they just looked, the guy looked up from his computer and was like, well, you know, the bar has really been raised this year. And we didn't really hear anything that piques our interest. And I'm like, screw you, dude. Bye. Right. You know, I just drove here overnight, you know, to come do this. Thanks for mm -hmm. crushing my dreams, turd. But, <laughs> yeah. but you know, it, it, it goes into um, to more clearly, clearly define, like, I guess, where you are at in your life. You know, are you doing something... Um, that you think is going to make or break your career. And my belief is that a show like that or any TV show um, shouldn't be your make or break moment. Well, I, I truly know? believe the best thing that can happen to you is, is to be on the show and not win. Right. Because if you win, then you're under that contract, which let's be honest, usually is just the worst contract you know, uh, uh, a lot of the, the winners, I mean, they're, they're, they're in for a long mm -hmm. time after that. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm <clears throat> friends with Daughtry and, um, you know, speaking of amazing male vocalists, um, you know, uh, there was a lot of talk about like when he was getting out of his contract and when Kelly Clarkson was getting out of her mm -hmm. contract, you know, her, her la latest album, she said it was the first time she went to the studio and didn't spend every day crying when she was there because she finally was doing something that was her. Right. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I overall, my experience with the voice was amazing. There's mm -hmm. nothing negative I can say about it as a whole. Um, it did very positive things for me. And, right. you know, I got onto team Adam. Um, we did our battle round. Um, my battle round rehearsal was a little strange. Um, Adam Levine is a strange person. Um, he's not my favorite. In what way? Because uh, I did read where... He's you, very arrogant. I read right. where the reason he chose the whoever the Brad Pitt lookalike is Jake. what it said. Oh, Jake, he's so sweet. They, yeah. He said he chose the Brad Pitt lookalike. And what was what's it called when you sing against the... The battles. The battles, Battle okay. Round, yeah. So you do that and he chooses the Brad Pitt lookalike is what they're calling this guy. Yeah. <laughs> and I think he was a gospel singer. 
No, Jake, Jake is, um, first of all, an awesome person. Secondly, he's a very talented artist. Um, he's got like this really soft, soulful kind of voice, but it's got this grit to it. So like, I think Kelly described him as her Brad Pitt slash Kurt Cobain, you know, love baby or something like that. (laughs) Um, but, but yeah, we, we did semi-sonic song closing time. Like, really? <laughs> like you go from giving me Barracuda to like closing time, like, but we did it and we did our own arrangement. But the thing with the rehearsal was, you know, Adam and CeeLo Green was, was my guest judge and, and he is very eccentric, um, but you know, pretty cool. And I was just in awe of his presence. Um, cause he's an awesome vocalist and. I'm sitting there and, and we had gone through our song and, you know, it's just, I don't want to say anything awful, but like, he was just a prick. Like, right. <laughs> you know, like, no, that's exactly then, what I wanted you to but, say. But he, <laughs> what had happened was that we, we sang our song and Adam and CeeLo were complimenting my range. And I, I said, well, man, coming from two gentlemen that have impeccable ranges, you know, and Adam was like, can I say the F word? No, oh, you can. Yeah. Well, he was I just like, had to bleep, bleep it he out. was like, next time, why don't you just take the F and compliment? And I was like, why would you say that? Like, why is yeah. that necessary? And it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Go back. You're yeah. saying you were setting, you're rehearsing. Yeah. We were rehearsing for our battle round. We were filming. Right. We were filming. Yeah. And he's like, what's this crap? You guys aren't going to sing in unison. And I was like, no, sir. Like, we're not going to sing in unison. Like, why don't you, cause they, you know, you walk in and they have your lyrics printed out and everything set up and you know, this is Adam Levine yeah. saying that. Okay. Yeah. And you know, uh, Jake and I had come up with our own arrangement. We, we turned uh, closing time into a ballad and we had rehearsed it. We, you know, rehearsed it with the, with the band and everything. And the band, by the way, the band is top notch, like Nate Morton on drums. Um, Paul Markovich is the band director when, when I was on this show um, Sasha plays bass, like all of the music. I'm a band girl. You can tell, like I'm nerding out just talking about them. Um, but they were all awesome. But you know, we went with that arrangement and Adam walks in and he's like, what's this crap? Why are you guys going to sing in unison? Like, what's this? And I'm like, no, man, we're not going to sing in unison. Like, why don't you just calm down for a second? And I'm like on TV, like doing on film doing this. And I'm like, why don't you just calm down for a second? And he's like, okay, okay. That would have, that would have. It was super drama, though. That wouldn't have went well with me. No. If he'd have done that to me, I don't like that. We did our arrangement, and then we get done. He's like, this is a vintage voice moment. Like, this is what we've been waiting for. And it was just like from zero to 60. Like, what the heck? Like, just happened. And so he's like, man, you know, CeeLo and I, we're just, you know, we really love your range. You have so much power. And I was like, well, coming from two gentlemen with impeccable ranges, you know, that's, you know, awesome. Like, and he goes, next time we'll just why don't you just take the f-ing compliment? And I was like, what? So ever since then, I'm like, I see you, you little guy with your tight t-shirts and your pretty face. Like, you know, I love his music. That's what sucks is when his music comes on. I'm like, mm-hmm. I get that. Yeah, they, said, they say never meet your heroes. He was quoted saying about why he chose uh, Jake. Yeah, Jake. Mm-hmm. Jake. He said, I, this is a hard choice. There's really no winner, but... This might have been on the show, but I have to go with the person that talked to me the most. Talked to him the most? That's what I read. That It was quoted. He said, I have to go with the person that talked to me the most. 
about this and then had yeah, I had a, I see I, I saw a clear vision of, uh, of what I could do for them and whatever. Well, from so then what he said I he chose him. him saying uh was I got to go with what I know. And so did you and Adam not did you I never even spoke to Adam. I mean like outside of the No. So somehow maybe Jake had a direct line of communication or you know, something. I, I don't know. I don't know. Or don't, that was just a I've never heard that before. So I mean, I will send you the article where I read that. Okay. And you can. I mean, I'd love to. I don't read know if it. it's true. I honestly, you know, like I don't, I don't, th- I wouldn't believe that you know Jake would have any more opportunity than anyone else. I mean, at the point we were on the show, we really didn't have much interaction with the coaches to begin, you know, to that yeah. point. Um, you know, I had met Blake during the blinds because he didn't know I was from Oklahoma. Uh, you know, and they're like, you know, tell us, tell us what's in your playlist. And I was like, well, Merle Haggard's my number one singer songwriter of all time, you know, next to Vince Gill. And I'm like, I'm from Oklahoma. I live in Nashville. I sing on Broadway. Um, and you like and Garth Brooks. I love Garth. I'm actually yeah. friends with his daughter, Allie. And she, and she messaged me the other day, uh, on Instagram. She goes, do you think that this would look okay? She's like, how bad did your neck tattoo hurt? And she had this fake tattoo on her neck. I was like, Oh Lord. Please do not let me be the influence for you to get a neck tattoo. I don't want your daddy coming after me. But it's funny, though, you know, being from Oklahoma, I, I lived um, in Tulsa. Growed, I, I grew up uh, South Tulsa. You can say growed here. I growed. I growed you can up. say that here. Um, but I, my first real major job was working for Best Buy. And I worked at Best Buy at Highway 169 and 71st Street. And Garth would always come in with Trisha um, when I worked there. And, you know, I met like the Hanson brothers and uh, I think Steven Tyler came in one time, um, Ronnie Dunn, I think I saw, but it was so cool. Cause it was like the first store around, but Garth came in one day and it was pretty funny because I never really like fangirl, but I did this day and I was like, would you mind if I called my mom? <laughs> and so I got my mom on my phone and I was telling Garth that I had gotten in a car accident. Uh, my first car accident, and I was smushed between two cars. I was in like a five-car pileup, 16 years old. Mm. And he gets on the phone with my mom, and he's like, well, the only thing I should really tell you is maybe sh- you should get her a bigger car, maybe like a Crown Vic or something. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, man, I've I've always been a Garth fan. He wrote some, a Garth song. Oh, wow. Which one was it? I wrote uh, – well, well, I've had three Garth cuts, but I had uh, people loving people. Was uh, was the one he had out of mine. I I'd never had a guard cut, and uh, and then he cut three of mine on one album. So wow. it was weird. That, yeah, yeah. I uh, I I absolutely hate that I don't have a CD player in my car because you know everything's digital now. But you know I've always had his box sets, mm. and uh, I have those I'm too. A, I'm just a great fan. You do yeah. well. I gotta get one. No, I'm saying I you have, have the Garth Brooks oh, I'm like, box well, if sets. You have a box set. No, no, I'm be leaving with one of those. No, I'm not. A, I'm nowhere <laughs> near that level yet. But He's maybe just, someday I'll have a box, just one box, one with one CD in it. <laughs> <laughs> Garth, have you ever seen Garth's uh, box sets? Oh yeah. Well, he he's he's such. I mean, he's such a businessman too. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, because he does. You know, he'll do, and uh, and a lot of people, um, if you get a Garth cut. 
it's it's more than a regular cut because he always does that. He'll put out a live album. He'll put out a, a you know, and he'll have the same songs on it mm-hmm. that, that he put out, and then he'll put out a. So people who who got a, a Garth cuts years ago are still getting oh yeah royalties. That'd be it probably a less because you know they do like a control comp because it's already been. Uh, put out but still it's it's money that you wouldn't have you oh know? yeah yeah and for sure yeah so i think the biggest thing for me um you know as as a lead vocalist like the lead of a, of a band um and being a front person is you know being a front person i've had to really work at because up until the time i came to nashville you know i i've been a front person but you know something changed like i had to stand out and I had to really find who I was. And for an entertainer, like to be an entertainer is a whole different ballgame. And when it comes to Garth, I've always admired his level of connection that he has with his audience um, and and his passion that he uses to entertain people. And you believe all the words out of his mouth and, and, and you just you're in it. It's captivating. Um, so Garth, I could talk about all day long he's definitely a yeah fan. i actually became a fan of uh country music because of garth brooks when i was i think 12 years old i'm pretty sure i was 12 went to a because i only listened to grew up listening to the gospel r&b and, and rock and then uh later a little bit of blues but then my parents listened to country so i didn't like mm-hmm. country because of that yeah and then i went to a, a i didn't want to go but my mama took us to a garth brooks concert at the memphis pyramid and when I we were set, we were way up high, but watching him live was just changed my whole mind about about country mm-hmm. music. And I was we seen him swing on a rope out mm-hmm. uh, over the heads of the people. Very unsafe, mind you. There was no harness. He just had a loop on a rope, and he was swinging. <laughs> and there something was swinging him. He could have fell very easily and died. Oh my god! And I thought this guy right here, this is my kind of guy right Wrist here. And he was busting guitars and sliding through fire. And I was like, man, this is crazy. Garth Staying actually got his yeah <laughs> yeah. He actually uh, got his state, and he he. This is from his mouth. From Chris Ledoux. Oh yeah. Chris Ledoux had a had a you know did stuff like that mm-hmm. which nobody in country actually did and 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 that's where he got his uh, his stage show that he wanted to do from was wow. originally from Chris. Ledoux. And I didn't even know that. I didn't know because I wouldn't have thought look thought about Chris <clears throat> Ledoux as being a guy who actually had a show like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they said they said Chris Ledoux would climb would climb the uh, the rafters the the lighting. And jump and 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 Sammy do Hagar all kinds of too. stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do yeah. you do you write your own songs? I do. Yeah. How many songs have you written? Oh gosh, probably about. Well, I wrote three this past week, which is unusual. You write by yourself, or you have a team? Um, usually, I I up to this point, I've written by myself. Um, this year has been as cr- crappy as people could say it has been for 2020. It's been a victorious year for me, both personally and professionally. Professionally, because I'm I'm moving in directions to start writing with other people. Um, mainly, writing for me up to this point, because I told you I play piano, has mm-hmm. been something that is infrequent. Um, but I started leaving out like notepads everywhere and utilizing my notes in my phone and voice notes. And if you know, if as soon as I get the urge, like if I have something in my head, like a melody or a, a phrase. I write it down. Right. I, I make the voice note. 
And then I can always revisit it later. But um, this year's the first year that I have written to an instrumental that's already tracked. Mm. And so um, uh, Danny Phalo is my boyfriend. And um, since us joining our lives together, you know, we've been very inspiring to one another. And so we worked on this, uh, this quarantunes project with our buddy, Jim Ivins. And, uh, we ended up writing this song called face down. And, you know, when Jim, Jim sent me the track, he's like, Oh yeah, it's, it's, this one needs to be like, you know, Deftones inspired. And so I'm listening to the, the instrumental and I'm like, man, this is way more than Deftones. There's some tool in here. There's some Chris Cornell. Chris Cornell is by far my favorite rock vocalist ever. Um, so I'm like, hey. man, Danny and I are going to write this song. So we wrote face down and it got picked up for the, this is another first six different TV networks. Nice. Picked it up. And I'm like, hell yeah. So, you know, me writing to a, a song that's already been written instrumentally, that's unusual. I've never done that before. So victory for me. Yay. Woo. Yeah, that's victory big. for Very Danny. Cool. Woo. And that was a victory for us as a, as a partnership because, you know, we're personally and partners, but you know, we both have a passion for music, so it's cool to have them around. When you say it got life. picked up for six TV shows, what do you mean, TV so, networks? So, um, my buddy Jim, I don't know how he shopped it, but because um, that's a whole other world publishing and stuff that I know nothing about. Yeah. Um, but uh, I guess, like, uh, Discovery Channel Networks got it, um, PBS. To do what with? Like, as like to a, use on their shows. Okay, I got um, you. Or I in see. their specials. Um, yeah. WWE Total Divas picked it up. Okay. Uh, let's see, what else? Uh, oh, no. Oh, NASCAR. NASCAR picked it up, wow. too. Nice. Um, and then I think a show that was on E! or Bravo or something like that. But, man, just to even do that. And then I got my first major label um, cut um, doing background vocals for Tyler Braden. Do you know Tyler Braden? I don't. Um, he's a new, hot, up-and-coming artist. I think he's on Warner Chapel. Mm. Um, I went in. My buddy, Johnny Palmieri, um, he's an engineer. And a producer, and he asked me to come in and do background vocals. So I went in, and he was Tyler's song that he released is called "Brother," but it's actually a cover of "And Need to Breathe" and Gavin DeGraw song. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, I did song. the background <laughs> vocals on that. So I have like my SAG AFTRA letter asking me to join for some astronomical amount of like three thousand oh, dollars because know. I got my my first cut. Yeah. Um, you know, but um, SAG. Yeah. What, was you in a fan, the, uh, the TV show? Uh, SAG after for uh, the singer singers and actors guild. Yeah, right. So I guess because I'm, oh, I'm a vocalist. I didn't know that yeah. SAG had to do with music. I, yeah, yeah, oh, they're yeah. the ones that paid me. You know, paid me because it, mm -hmm. it was union related. Um, SAG's the union for singers too. Is yeah. that the union uh, you're in? After um, uh, yeah, SAG and after. Mm -hmm, it's together. It's yeah. together. Yeah. I know yeah. that, but I'm I'm actually. They, you, but if I'm not mistaken, you don't have to join. I know that I, that I've been in some TV shows, so uh -huh. I know that, uh, they don't force you. They can't force you to join oh, no. in yeah. Tennessee. Like yeah. LA is $3,000. If well, you're they there, send me the letter. They said it may vary by state, but yeah, it it's only 1200 or something like that for Tennessee. Yeah. Well, that's join. still a lot of money. It's a lot of money, but I'm but saying they send you the loan applications. So, Hey, you know, the loan, take out the yeah. loan. years ago, um, um, I, I was a member of AFTRA. Uh, as as a songwriter because for the the insurance because mm -hmm. they used to have some of the best insurance 
and you had to pay a little bit up front to, mm-hmm. to, and, and they had great insurance at the time. So, but you had to make so much money through them mm-hmm. yeah. to have that insurance. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm sure if, I mean, uh, you know, so doing the thing for Tyler and then I have, um, another artist that he's actually featuring me on a song, um, Jacob Melton. He's, he's another up and coming artist too, but you know, I, my session work has picked up, you know, I'm, I'm doing some session work remotely now. So, you know, with this year having to think outside of the box, I mean, I think if, you know, you have these, you know, you guys have them and I, of course I do too, friends that are heavy in the session world, you mm-hmm. know, it's more beneficial for them in their careers to be a part right. of an of a exactly. organization like that. And, you know, um, everybody has their opinions about them, but, you know, there's one for everyone, just like, you know, for publishing and songwriting, mm-hmm. you know, there's, you know. Uh, BMI and ASCAP and CSAC mm-hmm. and, you know, all these different um, companies you can be with. But when it comes down to it, everything about this year, you know, we've been mainly focused on the creative aspect of it. And um, I don't know. Have I, you I'm, released an album? I have not. I've, re- I've released one single. And honestly, it's it, the number one thing is because of money. Um, the the first song ended up paying for itself because I, I sold T-shirts and um you know, did pre-orders, you know, and, and I've had to, I've worn all the hats. I still wear all the hats and it's, I hate all, doing that, but you know, I love hats, but at one point you're just like, when, when does this get to the next level? Right. Um, you know, what, what else do I have to do? And then, you know, I, I mean, we've all done it. We've seen our friends do things and you're like, man, how the hell did they do that? Like, what do yeah. I need to do? And, and the only thing that I, I know the most about is to just work my ass off. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we work a lot. Um, the main thing for me, this is really funny, but my boyfriend and I were watching, uh, I was on this little show called Branson Idol. <laughs> this Branson was, Idol. Yeah, it was in 2004. Branson, no, Missouri. 2004. Branson, Missouri. That's, that's where all us Midwesterners went to, you know, <laughs> to have our hillbilly fun. No, I went there too as a yeah. boy. I, I was raised in Arkansas. Okay. I was born in Memphis, raised in Arkansas, okay. and we went to Branson twice a year. Oh, man. You know, uh, to go to the Ozarks, um, it's nothing like the show <laughs> on Netflix. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. But, um, you know, it's it's pretty quaint. You know, it's very family-oriented. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we vacationed there. Um, actually grew up with a bluegrass band from Ozark, Missouri called the Chapmans. And uh, my dad toured with them, and um, they grew they grew up going and doing the same show as my dad did, but then played at Silver Dollar City and mm-hmm. worked with Allison Krauss and they're fantastic. But yeah, man, we went, we went to Silver Dollar City a lot. So did we. Silver <laughs> Dollar City, fire in the hole. Yeah. Well, really? uh, are you talking about the, the, um, the uh, amusement parks in yeah. Little City? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Did you go there? Oh man, my whole life. Uh, it used to be. It used to be um, Dollywood, where Dollywood is now. That used to be Silver Dollar City. Oh, they had one in well, Gatlinburg. My, my whole in Sevierville, not in Gatlinburg. It was in Sevierville. My whole childhood, we went to Pigeon Silver Ford. Dollar City. You might get out if the mine don't flood. Yeah. <laughs> now, hold on a second. You talking about Pigeon Forge then? That is Silver Dollar City and P- Pigeon Forge? Are you talking yeah. about Pigeon oh, Forge? Yeah. Silver Dollar City, yeah. Huh. Really? Yeah, where Dollywood is now. That used to be it, Silver Dollar City. It made me so mad when I went to Dollywood. And they when, when, you, when it first opened, they had a couple of rides and stuff that they used to have at Silver Dollar City. But then I was like, 
then slowly, one by one, they, they started disappearing. Oh, I'm no. like, the flooded mind? Oh, the what was the blazing? Zipping Pippin? I can't remember, but there, there, it was like. But now I don't, I don't know if any of them. I'm there. trying to remember, maybe because you know when I was growing up, we went to Branson twice a year, mm-hmm. and we also, but we also went to Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge area. Mm-hmm. Those were our main two places too. We yeah. went, we went to Silver Dollar City, Gatlinburg, or Dustin. And I still love those places yeah. more than anything else. Like I want my children actually love those places, but mm-hmm. Branson not so much anymore. Branson's kind of. Last time we went to Branson, it was. Uh, Slow. Run down, <laughs> not slow. I don't care about slow, but it was run down. It, it reminded me of a a city on the verge of death almost, and yeah. I didn't like that feeling. So I said, "We'll probably won't come back here. We'll probably go to um, Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge." I haven't now. been. You know, I haven't been. Um, I sang on that show, Branson Idol, is what I was getting at in Branson, but um, it was it was pretty different back then too. You know, it's. Mm-hmm. It's a an older demographic. Yeah, right. Um, it, they're all yeah. It's like all old people it's now. It's kind of like a geriatric Las Vegas. It really is. That's a good. That's a good name. They should they should put that, that on their sign in a derogatory way. No, it's not. It, it is true when though. You're going to the Moonlight Theater, you know, and getting dinner in a show. I mean, the, it's just a. It's family. There's friendly. a old Silver Dollar City. Is that <laughs> Ben? Is that from uh, Nashville? I mean, uh, no, look, I mean, it's a Silver Dollar City logo. I mean, is that from uh, uh, Pigeon Forge, Smoky Mountain guy? Yeah. Show no. Oh, yeah. I well, never oh, knew. I, that. Our whole childhood. So I, I'm from East Tennessee, so I. I uh, am this this moment old finding this out. Me too. I, unless unless my we whole actually. childhood, yeah. Ben, wow. look up what year Silver Dollar City changed to Dollywood. Because I, I think I, my whole childhood, I remember that being Dollywood. Man, I remember. I remember just, like I said, it had some of the same. It had the the flooded mind. There was another one that was a um, a roller coaster, and there was a train that come through, and it was on fire. Oh my! Blazing God. Fury. Blazing Fury. Blazing Fury, and they took. I don't know if they still have the Blazing Fury there or not. Mm. At Dollywood. We'll have to go yeah, see because it was no, a silver. It was no, old Silver Dollar no, okay, City. So true story, and I have a picture to prove it, and I will show you. You can post it wherever, but I, are you guys into like roller coasters? Are you into yes. like thrill rides? Okay. I am not. <laughs> and I should have known this from a very young age because well, I think we were at like worlds of fun or something mm-hmm. like that. Isn't that like in St. Louis or something like that? When I was a kid, I was maybe four or five. We're on vacation. And I was on this little kitty roller coaster and I'm just like, you know, like I'm terrified and we're going so slow. I don't know the little girl next to me, but I'm holding her hand. Like <laughs> death is upon me. So flashback to let's i think this was december of 2016 uh i went to dollywood mm-hmm. and i'm feeling really ballsy because i i'm terrified of heights and i had done zip lines earlier that day at legacy mountain and we get to dollywood and first thing we decide to do is go get on this ride and before i know it i'm already in walking in and i have no idea what ride it is and it's the freaking lightning rod it's the large, the fastest wooden <laughs> roller coaster in North America. So same picture 31 years later, like <laughs> terrified. <laughs> and it was dark. It was at night. It was like 930 at night. And it was during Christmas when they had the parade and stuff. All the lights on the track were out. 
My glasses are going really? like this. My hair's flopping in the back and I'm like holding on for dear life. I don't care if I lose my glasses. Screw it. I did not want to let go, but that was, <laughs> if you have not ridden the lightning rod, it's freaking terrifying. Oh, I was on my last roller coaster I will ever be on <laughs> in Orlando about two years ago. And, uh, cause Disney world. No, it, well, it was, uh, the Orlando, universal, uh, universal. Yeah. Mm. And, and let me tell you my, I had neck surgery like three years ago. Oh boy. And I didn't that even did really think good. about that. Mm. And I'm telling you, I got on that thing and I had to, I had to push my head. My head started flopping around and it hurt oh so bad. Gosh. And I had to push the back of my head up against the, the thing the yeah. whole time. And I, and I was just yeah, like so that tense. the whole time. It's like, how do people do those slingshot things? You know, we're down in Panama City Beach all the time. And if you go to YouTube, you can see like the funny videos of people mm, being slingshotted. And oh my gosh, just the utter terror on people's <laughs> face. I, I would get no pleasure out of that whatsoever. Just I'm not into it at all. <laughs> May 3rd, 1986, Ben says. Okay. Oh, when it opened? Oh, okay. Well, okay. Then that's when that's Dollywood opened. Knew. Yeah. 19, what was the date again? Ben? May 3rd. 1986. So, yeah, my whole childhood, because I was born in 82. Right. So I was born in 85. From so. whatever I can remember, I don't even remember the 80s. You know, people say, I'm the, or they ask, are you an 80s child? or 90s. I'm a 90s, because that's 90s. all I remember. Yeah. So I'm a grunge baby. At heart, yeah, <laughs> I, guess, uh, I can know. tell. Yeah, all the <laughs> you 90s. were saying golf lingo earlier. Chris caught you on that golf, <laughs> that golf lingo. Grip and rip it. That's that golf lingo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do I don't you, know much about golf, but do you uh, aspire to get a record? Do you have a record deal? I don't. Um, do you I don't, want a record I don't deal? Have a record deal. I mean, my thing is, uh, I don't. I don't want to depend on anyone else to do anything for me. So I never aspire to obtain a record deal. If something great came across the table, I'd be very skeptical of it. Um, mainly because everyone in our camp, you know, our band is about it, since COVID has grown to about eight to 10 people, um, you know, and within our band family, we have three or four different groups from all the way from duos to full full electric right, ripping right. your face off. Um, I don't think at this point that there's anybody in this entire world other than those people that are on stage with me every day um, doing what we love. There's nobody else that I would make any sacrifices for other than my children um, or, you know, my immediate family mm -hmm. um, and Danny, of course. But it would take something really special to get me to hand over basically a, a turnkey deal. I mean, I've worked way too freaking hard. We've worked way too freaking hard to, to just let it go be in someone else's hands and in control. Right. And I, right. And, and I know that people say, you know, well, we understand things can change. You know, band members may change. Like, no, this is my family. Times change. That's what's changed. Right. And we've only been afforded time this year to reflect on what means the most to us. And it's my family and it's my music. How um, is your band? Do they want a record deal? Do they play for other people or just you? Um, so Danny, um, he is the touring bassist for Love and Theft. Um, and then he has a group with Adam Schoenfeld um, and their buddy Corey um, called Digital Brains. So, you know, he does his thing and then he with those two groups. And then, um, you know, touring obviously is slowed down. 
um, he's focused on writing and then we're writing together and we're, we're going to be, you know, doing a thing as a duo, um, just to get more music out. Um, and then, you know, my other bandmates, you know, Justin Johnson, he has rock and roll basement, um, his band, the suicide watch, which Danny also plays in. Everybody is very fluid. We all, Mm -hmm. we all help each other out and, you know, everybody plays music with each other, no matter what the form of the band is. So they just kind of shuffle around, but you know, record deals are great, but in the end, like I, I don't, I don't, I've never had one on the table in front of me to say, well, this is better than this. You know, I don't know what's what I just know that there's way too many opportunities, um, that just this year have been brought forth that some of them have been around for so long that we could have been taking advantage of. Um, and there's no reason why you can't make it independently as an artist to truly just be in the realm of what is it that you want to do? What do you want to do with your music? What do you sound like? Who are you? And I think that a lot of the times um, I was at Aaron Lewis's, Aaron Lewis is a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And I was at his after party when he played the Ryman earlier this year. And then we went over to Losers and I was talking um, to a young artist with a friend and my friend asked this artist, you know, like, you know, hey, what's your label doing for you? He's like, man, I don't even know who I am. This is like an, a major artist, a young guy on a label. And I'm like, well, I know who I am. So what makes you better than me? Like, why do you have a record deal? You know, like, so we all ask each other in ourselves these questions. But the thing is, just do you. Like, right. I just keep doing me and doing me based upon the fact that the people around me make me a better me. They make me a better musician. They make me a better writer. So I've, I've finally got my dream team and the people that have been here along the way have helped me grow to where I am now. Right. Um, and actually my first duo partner I ever had, um, in Panama city, he was from, uh, Pike County, Alabama. He just passed away a couple weeks ago and, uh, he overdosed He's had a yeah. lifelong battle mm. with addiction. That's sad. Um, yeah, yeah, but he, he ended up overdosing. He was 65, you know. I was right, surprised right. he made it that long. But uh, Oh, he was 65 years old? 65, yeah. Marty was, a, Marty was a party animal. But, you know, he was a... <laughs> You're right. Not you, Marty. <laughs> the other Marty. The one that's not here anymore. He, You know, he was a great supporter of me. And honestly, if it weren't for that little crusty nugget, I call him crusty nugget all the time. Uh, if it weren't for him and his support in helping me recognize something that I didn't yet know at that time I was capable of, I wouldn't be here. And so, um, for him, um, I'm going to be working and donating to a charity called musicians on call. And, uh, they do a lot of, um, therapies and, um, provide resources for people and musicians that are in recovery or that want to seek recovery. So, well, veterans um, and children yeah. too. I'm, I'm actually doing something with them too. Are you? Yeah. See, this yeah. is this is a, a charity that I have noticed for a while now, and I just haven't had the opportunity to get involved in. And this is that shove that I needed to be able to decide, like, I want to do something because it has to mean something. Oh it's yeah. It's like a tattoo, you know, or like a, a song lyric. Um, everything I try to do in my life is purposeful and meaningful, and. Um, yeah, I think that's the best thing to do in his honor because, you know, he battled it his whole life. Anything you can do, uh, if you can do something you love to help someone else, mm-hmm. there's uh, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Anyway, 
So. I mean, I get, I get a lot of pleasure out of seeing other people happy. And uh, I think everyone around me knows that sometimes it's to my own detriment. But, man, seeing people happy and giving back and just honestly, me being happy has enabled me to show more kindness, mm -hmm. um, but be more self-aware. And I think that, you know, in this day and age, that, that goes a really long way. What about Adam Levine? Do you get pleasure out of seeing him happy? I mean, I don't really pay attention <laughs> to joking. him. So. I'm joking. <laughs> I do love his music. I mean, you know, it's a yeah. shame. He's a turd. <laughs> well, I think a lot of those people are when they get a certain to a certain level. A lot of them are. Some of them ain't. I know. I've met a few of them that are just amazing humans, yeah. even though they're they were on top of the world. The the experience on The Voice was it what you expected it to be, or was it uh, worse or better or what? Honestly, I I tried to go in with zero expectations. Um, but that's not that's not really true though. You had expectations. I I. You might have tried to go in with it, but well, you expected something. My expectation was to do something I've never done before and to kick ass. And I met the most wonderful people. Like uh, the contestants on the show, we obviously there's there's clicks, but you know, I immediately resonated with with a couple of people and to this day there's still a couple of my best friends, my girlfriend Natasha Greycloud. You know, she lives here in town and, and we hang out. Kaylee Hill, she's great. She's got some new music coming out and she's a, an amazing writer as well. I mean, everyone around you is just so, so utterly talented in their own right. And so I left the show with lifelong relationships with the people from the band. Nate Morton, I still talk to him. Um, you know, he's a great drummer and, and, you know, well, just the exposure alone too. Well, I mean, you dude, know, the week after the week after yeah. my audition aired, uh, I got this message on Facebook on my music page and it was, he, the guy was like, hello, my name is Eric Salas. I am the producer for Roger and Mike Fisher from heart. And I'm like, you're full of crap delete. And he was like, no, here's my credentials. Look me up. And he was for real. And he said that Roger and Mike wanted me to tour with their show they were doing as a heart tribute. And so Roger and Mike and I, you know, Magic Mike, mm -hmm. uh, they both dated Anna and Nancy. Um, you know, they were heart before they those ladies came along. But, right. you know, heart has been a huge staple uh, in music in my life because my mom, she's a huge heart fan. Right. And uh, she always played heart on a record player in, in the bedroom. It was either that or Toto. My dad played Toto a lot. And uh, I can see that room now. It's so weird. We had Buddy Hyatt on the show from Toto. He played. Yeah, I saw oh, that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. When I said earlier, that's not true. I didn't mean to say it. It sounded like I was saying you were lying. No. What I meant no. was that that people go into something with a, with without expectations yeah. they try to but when when it gets closer and closer you expect something like i was on a couple of shows and i tried to do the same thing and i tried to say whatever happens happens mm -hmm. it is what it is god's got it yeah but when as it gets closer and closer i start going Man, i hope they like me yeah i hope this and i hope oh, that of course. And, and so i'm just saying at the end of the at the end of all of it if, if someone came to you and said, should I go on The Voice or should I go at this thing alone? What should I do? What, what would you tell them? Well, I've had people ask me that question a lot. I get messages about it quite frequently, actually. Um, I mean, for me, like I said earlier, you know, it, it was a matter of timing. You know, I went into it as a situation where I knew that no matter what, 
I had worked my butt off up to this point and I was going to go right back to it when I left. And I didn't go in expecting to win. I didn't want to win. I wanted the exposure. Um, but I just tell people, you know, they're like, what should I do? And I'm like, just be you because no matter what, you know, you have to know as far as longevity in this industry goes, I think you really have to know who you are inevitably to be unique anyway, because we're all different. And I just tell people to go in there and give it your best shot and be you. And I think that's the biggest thing that I, I have regrets about the one regret I have about the show is that the world only got to see one side of me right? because as soon as they heard the grit in my voice, they wanted the rock chick. And my slogan or my motto has always been country rooted rock and Southern pure soul. I have country rooted on my hands. Mm -hmm. These are my working hands. This is where I came from. And to know that I didn't get to share that, the biggest surprise to me is when people come into town, to, into Nashville, and they catch us somewhere or they look us up and they come to a show and they're hearing everything from Led Zeppelin to Janis Joplin to Trisha Yearwood to Reba McIntyre. You know, we can be a musical jukebox, but all of these influences like Stevie Nicks, um, Bonnie Raitt, like I have so much soul within me that I wish I could, I could have shown the world. But then again, if I hadn't done Barracuda, then, you know, I wouldn't have made the top rock auditions for the whole world for The Voice, which mm -hmm. I didn't even know that because one of my friends saw it on some video. And you know what is a bunch of baloney is my dad texted me at like six in the morning because he's a bus driver. And he was like, I can't find your audition, your original audition video from The Voice anywhere. And apparently they took them all off of YouTube. All of the voice auditions are off of YouTube now. Oh, really? And I don't, I don't know where they are. I guess you have to subscribe to their network, and they took them all off. And I'm like, that's hmm. a bunch of bull crap. Do you have your own YouTube? I do. What yeah. is it? Uh, it's Natalie Brady Official. Um, if you go to my website, um, my website, Facebook, Instagram is all the same. It's Natalie Brady Music. Brady like the Brady Bunch. And Facebook the same? Facebook's all the same. Um, and Everywhere it's Natalie, Natalie Brady Music. Brady Music. Yep. And uh, the band, our name is Natalie Brady and the Night Owls. The Night Owls. Yep. And, you know, we're, we're, we've been busy writing. We've got uh, a lot of original music that we've just been building up. And, you know, it's kind of like a marriage. You got to coax it a little bit and make it perfect and, and, you know, just blow it out of the water, do it right. And so that's what we're trying to do. Um, we're going to be doing, uh, actually this Saturday, we're doing a, a showcase at a new space. What's called the space over off of a hundred Taylor in Germantown. And so we're going to do that, you know, try and do a little more of the original scene. We're playing at the local January 21st. We're oh, doing cool. yeah. a new ladies, um, ladies night. So, you know, I'm trying to get out and do the songwriter round thing. It's kind of hard because I have a band. Right, <laughs> so, right. you know, we're trying to get into, uh, I'm trying to get into more of that. Um, my bandmates have done a lot more in that area than I have. Um, they play like bus call and stuff like that. But, you know, trying to get out there, we're going to be putting new music out. And, you know, I can't wait to start touring again. I'm ready to kick it up on a bus. So now, do it. Did you... Last question. Did mm -hmm. you have your, your band before The Voice, or did they come after? Yep. Yeah, I've had— uh, So Night Owls were before. Well, so, <laughs> funny story. So, um, when I came to Nashville, my boyfriend at the time was my drummer. And uh, right before I left for The Voice, 
we had a big blowout and I fired him the night before my last show. And then I hired my drummer now, Chase. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, there's been a couple different evolutions. I mean, obviously, um, everyone that's been involved has been extremely talented. Um, but you know, they can say what they want and, and, you know, being a female in this business is not easy. Um, but you know, I made decisions based upon the energy that was around me and where I was destined to go. And I just felt like at some point that I knew I was destined for more, um, and when I left to go to The Voice, you know, my my bandmates now, John and Mike and Chase, were with me. They're still with me now. Um, and then we joined forces, and Danny's been playing bass with us. Um, and then Justin Johnson, Tyler Foxwell. We've got Mark Cardwell that is another drummer that plays with us. You know, um, that's our immediate band family. And honestly, I, I don't think I've ever felt more inspired and passionate and free making music with anyone in my entire life. Like these guys are my, they're my wingmen for sure. And the whole night owl thing, you know, it's funny because someone will come in and sub with us and someone will say, Oh, so you're a night owl now. (laughs) Lewis (laughs) Bryce, Lewis, they play with Lewis Bryce as well. And, um, you know, well, they just, uh, they just met me the other day, not too long ago. Then if they play with Lewis Bryce, because I played a show, at Hop Springs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right before yep. Lewis Price did. Yep, we were, so the rest of us. You were there? You met Danny. Danny I met whoever plays, Danny so I met some of those and people. and maybe Tyler. Tyler's like a, he's tall, has like shoulder length blonde hair, like killer guitar player. But Danny was there playing bass. And, yeah. um, but we, the rest of our band, we were in Columbia playing at this little bar called Rebel Bar. I see. And I love that place, by the way. Their food is so good. Um, but yeah, Hop Springs is killer. It's pretty cool. Um, what do you want to plug before we end the show? Do you have anything that you want to make sure that everybody hears about or goes and finds you on? Um, you know, I just would hope that everybody, you know, when you get the chance to go out and listen to live music that that you do. And I really, really have to give a shout out and thank Barrett Hobbs with scoreboard and, Doc Holliday's Whiskey Pimp Bootleggers, um, John A's, you know, his group of staff um, and Megan, you know, with her booking us as much as she possibly can with COVID and everything going on. I mean, I honestly don't know what we would be doing right now if we hadn't had them at our backs for this. So um, I got to thank them, but um, we're playing out tomorrow night, um, 9 to 11 at Scoreboard, and we're going to be full band. So, um, but we, I post our schedule on Facebook, Instagram, it's Natalie Brady music. So you have a mailing list on your website. I do. Yeah. If you go to nataliebradymusic.com, um, there's a mailing list and, um, I'm getting ready to launch the store with the jewelry and nice. the boutique. Very so cool. that's really cool. And, uh, Natalie Brady's turquoise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we're going to call it mantle. Do you know what mantling means? No. So we were, Danny and I were looking up names and mantle is what a bird or a raptor does when it makes a kill. It hovers over its kill to protect it because it's proud of its kill. So we're out here killing it. So I'm like, and I'm proud of everything that we do Mm. and we're always at our best. So each kill should be better than the last. And I think that's why we're going to call it mantle. So I like that. Yeah. Awesome. We end every show with an unbelievable fact. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to do that now. Ben, roll that. 
You might think it's not true, but I assure you that it is. It's hard to believe it's an unbelievable fact. The lighter was invented before the match. That's true. That's all. That's all I got today for that. The lighter was invented before the match. I think that's pretty weird. That is weird. It is weird. How could that why, even? Be? Why did they invent the match after that? Just I, so nobody had to. I just think about cowboys and stuff out in the out in the woods, and then like all the people, like what they didn't have lighters. So I mean, just, I'm native. We were out there rubbing rocks and sticks together. Were you though? I was not, but have my you ever, people were. Have you ever lit something with a rock? With a flint? With a, with a rock? No, not with just a rock. two rocks. No, I have not. Have you ever? But I watched you know, naked like and this? afraid a lot. You ever started a fire with the rolling the stick and whatnot? I've I've started some fires. <laughs> yeah, Ben's a big camper. He, oh yeah, he, he tries a lot of weird stuff out in the campground. Yeah. Uh, eventually, you just got to flick your beak. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, yeah eventually, saying. eventually, you're like, yeah, I'm getting it. <laughs> yeah. Light it up. Yeah. Got it. It's sparking. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, Natalie, thank you so much for coming in. We appreciate you. you, and we we love you, and thank you for being a friend of the show. Oh, definitely. Well, to thank being. you for having me. And it's thanks. For- I, I told Chris uh, when when we first got here, I was like, "Yeah, I heard about this guy, Chris Wall." And he's like, "Yeah, he's right here." And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> "You know, but you, you've come up three times in the past week, so it's man it's a faded pleasure to meet you." Oh, he's a legend. <laughs> me too, Marty. He's a legend. No, you, you. You, you said what you meant. It's no, a pleasure it's just, to meet you, it's, Chris. It's strange. Three times. <laughs> That's great. Maybe three, y'all should three ride together. Times. Yeah, hell y'all yes. should ride together someday. He don't write songs I'll, I'll think about it. Yes. I hate music. <laughs> He's, uh, he don't hate it. Tom Bresch's son over here. Sunshine and rain. Why do we mm. need it? Gosh. All right. Thank you. Beauty thank you, life. Natalie. Thank you, guys. Thank you, thank so, you so much. <laughs> ah, thank you all so much for listening to the Marty Ray Project Chats. And a big thank you to Rode for supplying the sound with Rodecaster Pro. Whether you like what you heard or hated what you heard, Subscribe and rate us anyway. Let us have it.